happened to come through misinformation and guile and deceit. Some have allowed offense to conform them into a certain image that has suppressed the power of God within them so that it's unable to be released into their atmosphere, thereby changing their circumstances. I'm here to tell you today something's going to break loose. Amen? Amen. Everybody say this. Something's going to break loose. Something's going to break loose in me. Something's going to break loose in us. And that something is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want us to uh, look at some scriptures. And uh, I don't know how far I'll get with this, but uh, we're going to see some tremendous things here. Of course, the devil doesn't want me telling you this stuff here. That's why he's messing with the mic. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that God is able, this is found in the third chapter of the book of Ephesians, that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. Now, most of us put the period right there. And that's where we believe the scripture ends, that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. But the next verse is, uh, is just integral for you to understand. It says, according to the power that is at work within us. So where does the exceeding abundance of God reside? Where does it come from? It comes from the power that is within us. It comes from the power that is within us. You have a power plant on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit. The very life nature power and authority and government of God dwells and abides in the believer today. You have more power than you could ever imagine. The power that created the sun, that created the moon, that created the universes that we marvel at so often, that created the stars, that created the heavens, that created everything that our feet touch, that our hands handle, that our eyes See, that same power is on the inside of you. Are you awake? But we've got to learn to release. Because many people, they have this power plant on the inside of them. Resurrection life, life that animated Jesus' ravaged body and brought him back to full beautified, glorified form abides in you, lives in you. And the Bible says that that same power can also quicken your mortal body. And there are people with joints that need a quickening, that, that, that kidneys need a quickening, that their hearts need a quickening, that their lungs need a quickening, that their body just needs a quickening 
from the power of God. And they're looking outside. They're looking for some event or for something to happen or transpire to bring about this power upon them when they need to realize as a believer they have the power within them. And that power desires to be released, but many times we don't put ourselves in a position to release that power. And so what the Lord wants me to instruct you today in is learning how to release that quickening power because that quickening power is not just for your physical body. It's for your mental state, and it's also for your financial state. It's also for your relational state. Praise God, marriages can be healed and restored through the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. Your financial system that you've operated in can be radically transformed by the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God, your relationship with your children, lost children that have went by the wayside, that have went the way of the wicked one. Praise God, hallelujah, the quickening power of God can get released into that situation. But you've got to learn to release it. But I'm here to tell you, in order to release it means that you're going to have to be delivered from you. And some of the stuff that I'm going to tell you and show you today, you're going to sit there and say, I'm not doing that. I can tell you that right now. You're going to say, I ain't doing it. Because it requires you to be put in what you would perceive as an uncomfortable position. It requires you to humble yourself and to yield to something that is greater than you. And nobody thinks that there's something greater than me. You're going to have to put your pride away. And you're going to have to realize that in order to see this power begin to manifest, you've got to lose yourself. That's hard to do. But I'm going to teach you how to do it. Amen. Do you got ears to hear today? Adam, amen. All right. Let's look at uh, let's look at First Peter chapter one, verse number three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept or reserved in heaven for you. Now notice that phrase is a confusing phrase to some people. They think, well, everything's up in heaven. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that it's protected in heaven. Where moth does not corrupt, thieves cannot break through and steal. The stuff that you have is in heaven because it's secure in heaven. It can't be tainted by the enemy. And God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and he's given us all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. But those spiritual blessings don't do us any good if they just simply stay in the heavenly place. But I'm here to tell you that you are a citizen of heaven, and heaven resides on the inside of you. So everything that heaven has is on the inside of you. 
But it's reserved in a place that cannot be touched by the enemy. The enemy cannot touch what God's done on the inside of you. The enemy cannot take away what God has truly done on the inside of you. Praise God, when God gives you the victory over a certain set of circumstances and you went through the process from pain to passion to purpose and to provision, praise God, there's nobody, there's no devil in hell that can take that away from you. There's nothing that can take that away from you. You know that you know that you know that your God is faithful. And I'm here to tell you, you've got to learn to stir yourself up and not allow yourself to be deceived into thinking that you don't have what he has given you. There are people in this house today that have been healed by the power of God and have experienced his grace, his mercy, and his faithfulness. But yet, they have went through periods of years. And all of a sudden, symptoms are coming on their body again. Situations. And all of a sudden, they're shaken in their faith because... Guess what? God gave them the victory. Gave them the victory through the cross. But yet they have forgotten. They haven't lost it. They've just forgotten. It's time to break it forth. I said it's time to break it forth. Amen? Who by God's power are being guarded. Praise God. Through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You've got to understand that you don't need to see test and trial as just simply opposition, but test and trial as opportunity. Come on now. Tests and trials are going to come to us all. Now listen, there is a misnomer and it is a fallacy to believe that you can develop your faith to the point where you have no test and trial. That is not scriptural. There's no scripture that backs that. There's no scripture that backs that. Well, if I, did, if I had these problems, I must not have enough faith. That doesn't mean anything. That is, that is wrong teaching. That is wrong teaching. Faith, praise God, yes, it can be a cure, a preventative cure to problems, definitely. Because as I grow in faith, then I can resist and I can begin to walk in the wisdom of the Lord in regards to some things. But guess what? Test and trial are going to come to us all. Jesus promised this. Now, it's not something we put on a bumper sticker or on a shirt. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. No one wants that shirt. No one wants that at all. But Jesus promised it. He said, in this world, in this system, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have tests. You're going to have trial. He said, but be of good cheer. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The, the uh, uh, classic Amplified says, I have deprived it of its power to harm you. Amen? Some of you may be hurting here today. Some of you may be questioning the will of God in your situation, but I'm here to tell you God is a good God. This isn't God's mess. This is our mess. God gave the world over to man. Man messed it up. This is not the existence that God had for us. This is not the life that God 
initially desired for us. It is a fallen life. That means we are subject to things. But praise God, through the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and seating of Jesus Christ, we have been put in a position of overcoming. You can't be an overcomer unless there's something to overcome. Amen? You can't be an overcomer unless there's something to overcome. And so the test and trial that you're going through in your life, whether it's wrestling with your own inadequacy or wrestling with your own inability or wrestling with sickness and disease or wrestling with financial distress and trouble or pressures of this life, know this, that if you'll begin to operate in the knowledge of God, you can take that testing and use its fire... To refine your faith like gold. You've got to learn to see it as an opportunity. Amen. When that report comes, see it as an opportunity to see God's hand at work. When that bill comes in, see it as an opportunity for God to show his provision And his power over circumstances. When you're wrestling with addiction, see it as an opportunity to see the transforming power of God release you from the grip of that addiction. Amen? Something's about to break. I said something's about to break in you and in us. Amen? Praise God. It's people that don't understand this information. That live suppressed. And many of them are believers. There's nothing more miserable than the ignorant believer. Hello. When they don't know what they have, the devil just does double time on them. Because he knows he can continue to do what he desires to do in their life. Because they're ignorant concerning the word of God. They're ignorant concerning of who they are and what they have. It's time to break out and to break forth. It's time to release the Holy Spirit into our circumstances and into our relationships. It's time to release. Amen? Come on now. Are you with me? Okay, let's look at it. It says, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him. That's the key. That's the life of faith. That's the life of faith. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you still have not seen him, you believe in him. And how do I show that I believe in him and rejoice? Okay. I'll tell you what. See, people, this is where they don't like it because we've been taught to not show sentiment in any regard unless it's a football game. No, you don't want to be emotional. I understand the negative side of emotionalism. I've sat across from a lot of people that are enslaved by their emotions. But I'm here to tell you, my friends, what is keeping you? Mm. 
what is keeping you from seeing. Now, I'm not telling you you have to do this in Walmart, things of that nature. I'm not saying that. But what is keeping you from experiencing the true manifestation of God in your life and experiencing the provision that he has for you during these sobering times in which we live in? What's the opposite of being sober? It's being drunk. There is an inebriation and influence of the Spirit that can cause you to be in circumstances that are so dire, that are so dark, but yet you have the overcoming attitude and the voice of victory. Drugs and alcohol are just simply substitutes. They only numb the pain of the circumstance or the, or the issue that you're dealing with. They're substitutes for the real. The devil only has substitutes. The real is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has to be released. Just like you drink from a bottle or you mash on the foil or you take from the... Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm not teaching anything here. I'm, I know you're well-schooled on this stuff here. Okay? You have to also release the Holy Spirit of God. But people have this misnotion that if God wants to do it, he'll just do it. He'll do it. He knows the right time. He knows. No, no, no. God's done everything he's going to do about your situation. He has done it all in Christ Jesus. Now he has released the Holy Spirit. He has released the Comforter. He's released the Counselor. He's released the Strengthener. He's released the Standby. He's released the Advocate. He's released all this. And he hasn't left. Just because you're not experiencing just means that you're just not taking in and you're not releasing what God has already given you. You don't have an awareness. And I'm telling you, once you get an awareness of this and you begin to operate in these principles, you won't need the other stuff. You won't need anything else to keep you in the place that you need to be when circumstances go awry in your life. There are things that you are distracted by and doing entertainment things that that could be you know, just substitutes for the presence of the Lord to keep you from the presence of God. I'm here to tell you that once you learn, now I'm going to say this in a slang way, so don't get mad at me. Once you learn to party with Jesus, once you learn to get down with Jehovah, I'm telling you, religious people hate this stuff, but it's the truth. Jesus knew how to get down. I'm going to show it to you. He knew how to get down. He knew how to get in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. In his right hand, pleasures evermore. He didn't say in his right hand, revelation, in his right hand. He said pleasure, pleasure evermore. So if we're not experiencing, and I, I I have 
a pretty good idea because I've dealt with you guys for now for 16 years. I've dealt with Christians for 30 years. We're not seeing because we don't know how to release. We don't know how to interact spiritually because we have this misnotion. Listen to me. Please listen to me. We have this misnotion that everything that is spiritual is not physical and everything that's physical is not spiritual. And that what we do in our physical body has no bearing on our spiritual existence, our spiritual being. Nothing could be further from the truth. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body. They're tied together, my friends. And what's done on the physical body in regards and in response to what's going on in the spirit is what releases Hello. But people don't want to do that. I want to be dignified. We've been taught dignity in our churches. And we've done it at the expense of deliverance. We've done it at the expense of getting what we need. Well, you know what? I wasn't raised that way. I was raised to be stoic. I was raised to be, you know, just, just, you know. Now, listen, I'm not telling you that I'm just the most animated person. When it comes to praise and worship, when it comes to, and I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even talking about what we just did. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about learning how to party with Jesus without music. I'm learning, I, I'm teaching you how to tap into the kingdom of God that's within you. When you're in a jail cell, when you're in a hospital room, when, when you're, you know, your wife's walking out on you, when. When, you know, finances don't look like it's going to be there and you're about to uh, file bankruptcy on your business. What am I telling you about? I'm telling you how to tap in to the power that is at work within you. Because I need that exceeding abundant above all that I can ask or thank God in my situation. Because there are situations in my life that are just so overwhelming and so big, I don't know how I'm going to get out of them. I I don't have the physical strength or the mental acuity to be able to get out of these situations. I need something supernatural. I need God to get on the scene. And God is ready, willing, and able to burst onto the scene. But we have to allow Him and cooperate with Him and release. Come on now. Hello. Notice what it says here. Here's, here's the key scripture. I'm, I'm running out of time. All right. It says, though you do not see him, you believe in him, and you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Amen. You rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with with glory. You rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. That means it can't be articulated. Sometimes words are not enough. I said sometimes words are not enough. Sometimes you can't say what's going on in your heart. It is inexpressible and it is full of glory. That means glory is the word doxa in the Greek and it means substance and weight. 
that there is such a substance and a weight that is on the inside of you. You sense it even right now. Some of you sense it even right now. There's a substance and a weight of God that's on the inside of you to such a degree that you can't articulate it. You can't tell people about it. You can't express it. There's just something on the inside of you that cannot be described by words. There have been times in my life where God has done a work in me in the hour of prayer, in the hour of seeking his face, that there's just something dropped down on the inside of me, something inexpressible, something filled with weight, something substantial on the inside of me, that I say to my wife, something has happened, but I can't tell you what it is. Something's going on, but I can't point to it. Something is breaking forth, but I don't know what it is. I can't describe it, but something has changed. Something has passed over from the other side. I've stepped over. I've stepped in to something new because God has something that is inexpressible on the inside of me and filled with glory. Hello. Praise God. Sometimes words won't do. Hallelujah. I've been in hospital bed. And there's something stirring on the inside of me. My body don't feel like it. My body feels like dying. How many know what I'm talking about? Your body just says, oh, we're done. Click, let's let's just click out of this place. I'm done. I'm done. I'm over. Time out. Time out. I can't do it. I can't do it. Not one more breath. And there's something inexpressible. There's something substantial. There's some weight on the inside of me that's bigger than the weight of death. There's a weight on the inside of me that's bigger than the weight of depression. There's a weight on the inside of me that's bigger. But I've got to release that power out of my life. And then he goes on and he tells us, rejoice with joy. Hello. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. Okay. All right. Let's let's look at another scripture. Let's look at go back one uh, one book to James, James chapter two. I want us to key on the word joy and rejoice. Now, joy and rejoice isn't singing praise songs, although joy and rejoice can be in those praise songs. Joy and rejoice isn't listening to preaching. Some people are, oh, I got some symptoms. I better go listen to my YouTube teachings. <laughs> Come on now. But people do this stuff. Oh, I just got to put on my elevation worship and I'll. Come on now. You can listen to elevation and worship and be sick as a dog. <laughs> you don't know how to release it. See, that worship 
isn't meant to do anything for you. It's meant to activate something in you. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'll tell you what. I just want to know Oh, get a hold of this. See, words activate things. That's why pre- good anointed preaching activates things. Good anointed praise and worship activate things. It activates it, but you've got to release it. People sitting back, well, God, if you want to do it, you just, you just touch me and you do it. And they're getting touched. I've seen people get touched by God to where they almost fall out. But they don't know how to release it. See, what you need to change your circumstances on the inside of you. But it's not doing you any good. Hallelujah. It's not doing you any good inside. I got joy, joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Well, it's way down there, brother. It's way, way, way down there. We need to send some miners to go down there, you know, with the little flashlight helmets. We're looking for that joy. We're looking for it. We think we might have got it. Hello? And we've been taught that. That's wrong. You got joy in your heart, but it ain't down, 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 down. Hello? Hello? You see, words create mental pictures. And we think that joy is something that we just constantly have to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. Oh, I just need it. No, it's there. It's applicable. It's, 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 it's applicable right now. It's there. If you've got Jesus, he said, the joy I'm going to give you and the joy the world can't take away from you. Because it's not based on circumstances. It is a supernatural power, a fruit of the Spirit. But it is based on something that if you will release your faith into, you'll begin to see the strength of God come into your life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what the Bible says. Amen? Okay. All right. Here's, here's everybody's favorite scripture. Verse 2 of James. <clears throat> Count it all joy. We'd like the period to be there. Bam. Rest of the scripture can just take a hike. Count it all joy. When you fall in, uh, I'm using the amplified, into divers, temptations, tests, and trials. Because that's what that word means. He says, when you meet trials of various kinds, the next verse. Knowing, for you know that, knowing this, the King James says. See, there has to be a knowing. Joy isn't just something that comes on you like a wave. It is, it is power released through knowledge. Oh, and the reason why more people are not experiencing joy is because they don't know what it is and they don't know how to release their faith in it. If the joy of the Lord is my strength, that means, now listen, if we go by the Bible, that means this, I never have to be weak 
again. I don't have to be weak again. Now, does that mean that I'm going to face circumstances that might promote me to be weak? Of course, you're going to have tribulation. Jesus said that. You're going to have pressure. But when you know the source, hello, when you know the source, you can tap into the strength of God through the release of joy. But you've got to understand what joy is. Okay? Now, this word joy is the uh, Greek word kara. In fact, it's actually spelled with an X, zara or something. I'm not a Greek scholar. But joy means that it is the attitude or the um, expression of knowing the grace of God that has been extended to me. It means that I have a revelation that regardless of what I'm going through, God has a forward stance towards me. That God's face is towards me and his hand is outstretched and has it towards my life. When I know this, joy is just automatic. When I truly have a revelation of the grace of God, joy is automatic. But what does the devil try to do? He tries to steal your revelation of grace. He works hard at it. I mean, he works hard at it. He'll do it. See, some of you are suppressed in your release of joy because of legalism. Something we've had to battle here since we started the series Cross-Eyed, Understanding Legalism. And when Kevin does Galatians on Wednesday nights, he's going to talk about legalism. Legalism will suppress the grace of God, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, the kara that's on the inside of you. It'll suppress it. It'll totally suppress it because you will function in relationship with God based upon personal performance. And that's right where the devil wants you. He wants you to think of your relationship with God based upon what you do. Well, I know I'm right with God because I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. I'm telling you, that can be messed up. You can have five good days and have one bad one and it just take everything down. Amen? If your walk with God is based upon what you do, you're going to live a miserable existence. You're not convinced of the grace of God. You're not convinced of his mercy towards you. You're not convinced of his forward stance towards you. You're not convinced of his open hand towards you. And when you get convinced, when you get convinced that there's nothing you could ever do to make him love you anymore, that there's nothing you can do to make you, you know, you're more acceptable in his sight, that Jesus hasn't already done, and you just receive it as a free gift from God and just say thank you rather than what can I do to make it, you know, make it, you know, even. Because a lot of people, that's what they're trying to do. Well, I'm just trying to make up for what God's done for you. You're not called to make up for what God's done for you. Human pride does not want to say thank you. 
Because it means I didn't have anything to do with it. And we're all the time. I've got people, my goodness gracious, I've got family members. You try to give them something, they're wanting to give you something back. Give you something back. Give you something back. Why? Because I can't humble myself and receive a gift. My pride won't let me. Because for some reason, I think you're manipulating me. I think you're doing something to get your hooks in me and get me to do something you want me to do. So you give me this, I'm going to give you something better. You give me this, I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you something better. Can't receive, can't give. I've had people that have had their kids starving. You take groceries to the house, they won't take it. And you think that something physical like that, you resisting that, that you're going to be able to receive something that is unseen? You think you can't receive from the hand of man to help you and to assist you? And you think you're going to get it from the hand of God? I'm telling you, this is an uncomfortable position. If you're going to release this supernatural joy into your circumstance, it requires humility. Amen? Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to me right now. The reason why marriages are in such disarray and such disproportion is because there's a lack of humility and a lack of giving and receiving in the right way. We're too busy operating in witchcraft in our homes, trying to manipulate one another, intimidate one another, you know, control circumstances and using gifts to control one another that we don't truly receive from one another. What we need to understand is that the marriage relationship is a type, according to Ephesians chapter 5, of our relationship with God. In fact, Jesus is our husband. And we're his wife. And we're to submit ourselves unto our Lord and Master in everything. But he is to love us. Oh, come on now. See, this is how we learn to receive and flow. But fallen existence and the lack of maturity and renewing of the mind has caused us to be at odds even with the people that have their hands outstretched to us. We've got to understand the grace of God. We've got to understand that it's not by our works. That we, there's no boasting in what we do. I've been, I can't tell you how many times I've been to hospital rooms where people are about to pass over to the other side. And their family members are trying to convince me because I believe they feel they have to convince me that he's right with God. So they'll say things like this. Well, you know, he went to uh, a foreign land and built a church there and and uh, he's he's always given to the poor and he's went down and he, he fed the needy, you know, every Friday and stuff like that. So? None of that gets you into heaven. Sinners can do that. And they do. Some of them more than Christians. Hello? 
I don't want to say it, but I, I hear Chris Farley saying, Lottie, you, you finish it. Do you think that's the basis for your salvation? I had to correct him. I said, we don't receive from God based upon our good works. We receive from God because of a good Jesus. You don't get a revelation of that. That's the reason why joy is not manifesting in your life. Because your own works won't give you joy. They might give you a little happiness fleeting happiness, but it's not going to release the buoyancy of joy in your life. You've got to realize, guess what? I'm a wretched mess. I'm absolutely miserable, but God loves me. I'm absolutely a miserable wretch, but you know what? God has came to my life and he's made me a new creation. He's lifted me up out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock. I can only rejoice and thank him for what he's done. And you know what? I'm not perfect. But I'm growing in my relationship with God, and I'm becoming more Christ-like every day. And it's by His grace, and it's by His mercy, because I don't have a leg to stand on. There's absolutely nothing I could do. He saved me when I was unsavable. He loved me when I was unlovable. He... Tell you, you get a revelation of that, man. I'm telling you, it's easy to get stirred up. It's easy to. Can you feel it? Can you feel that surge of energy on the inside of you as you begin to meditate, as you begin to give ponderance to, as you begin to worship God within yourself? As I'm speaking those words, you begin to feel the power that's on the inside of you, just beginning to quake, beginning to move, beginning to be activated by these very words. Know this, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. See, you have to see it at trial as an opportunity. You have to see trial. I get to use the stuff. I get to use the stuff, man. I get to see where God's going to take this and how God's going to do this. And I just need to simply just relax and not try to work it out in my mind or try to manipulate it with my hand. I'm just going to let him do and be God. I'm going to let him do it. I'm going to believe him. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you getting anything out of this? Amen. Notice this. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So that tells me this, that if I will count it joy, Kirby, Mm -hmm. that means that if anything that I go through and I use joy and rejoicing within it, then I'm going to get here where my faith is actually strengthened And uh, by being steadfast in my rejoicing, steadfast in my praise, it will have its full effect that I might be perfect. How many could stand to be perfect? That just means mature, mature in the area that you're experiencing in. See, there are things that I know about what I went through that bring a realm of maturity there where I understand certain things now that I didn't understand before. God wants to bring you into this maturity. Why? Because it will keep you from going back in. 
And if you get hit again, you'll know what to do. See, God wants you to be filled with knowledge and understanding. Amen. And then it says, complete. Praise God. I want to be complete. Amen. Praise God. And how about lacking nothing? I won't lack anything. How about, how about you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next scripture. I believe. What is that next scripture, Kirby? I let me. Okay, First Peter chapter 5, notice this. He, he says the same thing. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, that is not accurate. The actual Greek says seeking someone who he may devour. So listen, just because the devil comes on the scene doesn't mean he can devour you. He seeks those that he may devour. Next verse. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering. Notice notice the word knowing there. Every one of these scriptures say, knowing this, knowing that, know this. See, it's based, see, your joy is based upon knowledge. It's based upon revelation. When I know what the Bible says about my situation, and I know the forward-leaning God that gave me that word, then praise God, I can rejoice. And I'm rejoicing on a firm foundation. Knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Isn't it amazing that the devil comes and tries to convince us that we're the only one out of 8 billion people that is going through what we're going through. No, we need to know this. Guess what? That things are being experienced by our brothers and sisters. And guess what? God's bigger than all of the situations. Amen? Next verse. And after you have suffered a little while. We don't like that verse. We don't like it at all. After you have suffered a little while. Hello. What does suffering do? It brings contrast. It brings contrast over the works of the curse, the works of the flesh, and the work of God. And I'm telling you, sometimes we go through suffering, not sickness and disease, not poverty per se, but our, our circumstances can be very suffering to us. Majority of suffering that human beings go through is mental suffering. Amen? And after you've suffered for a while, after you've been through it and you've had to fight the good fight of faith and you've had to, come on, step in and step out and do what you need to do, get in uncomfortable positions, cry out to God, get rid of your pride, get rid of your ego, come on now, lose yourself. So that's suffering to people because it collapses our kingdom. It basically says our kingdom, it doesn't mean jack squat. The God of all what? Mm. What does joy come from? Joy comes from a a, a revelation of grace. When I know what grace is, there ain't nothing that can take my lungs. When I know what grace is, there's nothing that can take my mind. When I know what grace is, there's nothing. Listen, doesn't mean I'm not going to have symptoms. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to be attacked. But I know I got inside information. I got something inexpressible and full of glory 
that is bigger than my storm, that is bigger than my problem, that is bigger than the situation that I'm facing. Notice this. He says, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself, notice this, notice after you suffered a little bit, after you went through it, because God's showing a contrast. He's showing his goodness compared to the world system. He'll restore. He'll confirm. He'll strengthen. And he'll establish you. You have promises from God that if you'll cooperate with the Holy Spirit and learn to release the power of God in your life through rejoicing and joy, you'll come out with restoration, confirmation, strengthening, and establishment. Amen? But you've got to know what it is. Let's go with the next, next scripture there. <clears throat> 1 Peter 5.11, to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen? So let's go to the next one. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord on Sunday. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again. So he's giving you a double emphasis. He says, I say rejoice. Amen? The word rejoice is very important. It's kind of a play on words, isn't it? We could actually put rejoy. 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 Hello. Now, how many of us made sure that our phones were charged before we came to church today? Have you ever picked up your phone and it didn't quite make a connection? And it's got a red line where the battery is. What's your reaction to that? Panic. I've got to be out all day. I've got to go to church. I've got errands to run after church. And I'm down to an absolute minimal amount of power. My life is ruined. It's over. But how many of us walk out of our homes with that minimal amount? Hello. Now, I'm not saying that God's supply runs down. That's not what I'm saying. But because God's supply is there doesn't mean that I'm presently experiencing all of God's supply. My supply comes through revelation knowledge of God's position his forward stance towards me, his open hand in Christ towards me. And if I don't remind myself continuously of what Jesus has done for me, my joy level will wane. Amen. 
And in fact, I can tell when people's joy level begins to wane because they are losing peace in their life. Because joy and peace work together. And when peace is gone, then diarrhea of the mouth begins to happen. And they have verbal messes all over their relationships, all over their workplace, all over because you can gauge whether joy and peace is in proper proportion by the way the person's attitude is and by what they're saying out of their mouth. Just the truth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. Hello. And they don't make a depend undergarment for that mouth. Hello. That peace is gone. They're crabby. They're negative. They, nothing can be right. They're constantly griping, complaining, whining. Hello. Well, I'm here to tell you, you're on low bar in your power. God's power is constant. He's not saying, oh my goodness gracious. Paula's down again. I've got to get an emergency load of power and ship it stat. Because Jimmy's crying out to me. No. The power is within us. But our soul, listen to me, listen to what I'm saying. Our soul is the connector. Our soul is the connector. What we're thinking on is what's coming out of our mouth. As our soul connects to the Word of God and connects to the faithfulness of God, that's the reason why we're told over and over to rehearse the things of God in our life. Amen? Begin to rehearse. Why? Because it gets ourselves in the charging station. Come on now. Are you awake out there? It gets us in the charging station. And we begin to charge ourselves up when we think, you know what? God, thank you for saving my life. Now, I've been in times and places where my funk was so funky... That I couldn't even, I, I, I said, Lord, you're going to have to tell me what to thank you for because I was so, come on, how many know what I'm talking about? You're just sitting there wondering because breathing's even hard. Living's even hard. Hello. I remember, I've told you the story about when, uh, you know, Karen needed glasses and we, you know, we had, we didn't have any money and she needed $80 for glasses. How dare her? That was my attitude. How dare her take money away from us for to see? And as she was in there getting her frames fit and everything, you know, I was in the car. And I was moaning and groaning and complaining. My battery level was low. 
And I had one of them, you know, um, manila, well, I mean, one of those um, writing pads. And the Lord says, get that writing pad, boy. He says, I want you to write down everything I've ever done for you. I said, I'll take you up on that. (laughs) Come on, we can get arrogant in there, amen? We can get prideful. We can get ego. Hello? And you know what? I was just being stubborn because I was mad. How many ever been mad at God? You ain't walked with him much if you haven't been. Now I was sitting there mad, fuming. And I took that pen, and boy, I'm telling you, my mind did not want to write. My will did not want to write nothing. I wanted to prove to God that he was wrong and I was right. And a lot of people are in that place in their walk with the Lord. And I said, Lord, I'm not finding anything. You know, I was lying, but, you know. <laughs> Lord, I'm not finding anything. He says, you write down that I saved your soul from hell. Well, hell wasn't a reality to me. You want to know why? Because I was not aware or have a revelation of grace. Hell wasn't even on my radar. Being saved from hell. Listen, I'm telling you, if you ain't got nothing... To praise the Lord about. That is something to praise the Lord about. I had to have forward stance. He's got a forward stance towards me. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. That's New Testament, friend. Doesn't mean God's went anywhere. God's not over there saying, Well, you can just come up here if you want to. That's not what he's saying. He's already there. I have to come to him in my body and in my soul. Come on now. See, your soul's messing you up. All that junk you've got in your soul, all that hurt, all that pain, all that offense, all that junk, it's keeping you from stepping forward and drawing near to him. That's what I had. So I wrote it down. Okay. I said, I can't think of anything else. He said, tell them. He's talking to my soul. What did David say in Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul. What was he doing? He was getting his soul in line. Because your soul doesn't want to bless the Lord all the time. Your soul wants to think on the problem, wants to think on the solution. He says, I need to align my life by getting my soul connected. Hello? I filled you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, we got that. And then he began to give me over and over and over again things that I should be thankful and grateful for, but my mind, my soul would not 
allow it because of my pride. He triggered me, put me over into a realm where I could be charged. Amen? Amen. Something's going to break loose. Something's going to break loose. Go to the next scripture, Kirby. Go to the next total scripture there. Notice this when it come, talks to Jesus. Says, Therefore, since we surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Next verse. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy. How was he able to endure the cross? How was he able to do that? He had something he was looking at. See, he's not talking about that God gave him a vision of all the people that would be saved. That's not what it is. Through the words of his father, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Through the words of his father, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. Through the words of the father and the disposition that God had towards him, that even when he was in the darkest moment, and I believe in the very belly of hell itself, He was able to endure that for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Let's go with the next one. Jesus operated this way. When the uh, 70 went out and they began to cast out devils and they said, listen, even the devils are subject to you through your name. And he says, don't rejoice that the demons are subject unto you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And Jesus said in that same hour, within the hour that he told them, he was so excited about what was going on in their life. It says, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Notice that phrase. He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father. Notice that. The joy set before him. No one knows the Son except the Father. Or who the Father is except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. When it talks about rejoicing, the word rejoice is vital for you to understand. Because people have this idea that Jesus just said, I rejoice. Or, I'm rejoicing with you, brother. That is not what this word means. When it says, and go back to that one, and Jesus rejoiced. Jesus rejoiced. Go back to that one, Luke 10, 21. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Now, to rejoice in joy, inexpressible and full of glory, means this. 
that it requires my physical body. Oh, I told you I was going to get you. I was going to get you. I was going to get you. The word rejoice means to twirl around and jump. (laughs) Can you imagine Jesus saying that? That's exactly what he did. It says he rejoiced. You look it up in the Greek. He turned around and jumped and began to shout. And he shouted these words. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Now, how many have had an experience like that? How many have operated in the fact that the inexpressible joy of God was so alive and active and strong in you that it promoted you to move your body and do something that is uncomfortable I'm here to tell you it's what releases. I said it's what releases. There's been many times I've told you story after story. And I'm a pretty dignified guy. I don't move a whole lot. But I'm telling you when I'm with the Lord. And we're by ourselves. And he begins to deal with me about a situation in my life that I'm bringing to him. And he begins to give me that joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. When he begins to give me an answer and downloads a revelation on the inside of me, it will always be followed by some kind of action or some kind of unction. I'm either going to shout. I'm either going to dance. I'm either going to run. I'm going to shoot my hands up. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to sing. I'm, come on now. I'm here to tell you, friends, the reason why that stuff isn't coming out of you is because you're not yielding to it. God has put impressions on, it, on the inside of each one of you as you come to him in prayer as to what to do. And it could be something as simple as just getting on your knees. It could be just something as simple as lifting up your hands. It could be something as simple as shouting unto God. I'm telling you, that's when the enemy says, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He's he's aligned. He's aligning himself. See, what's going on in your physical body is what's happening on the inside. Your, your outer body is responding to what's going on on the inside. And some people say, you know, I'm really excited about the Lord. I really am. You know, I'm excited about God. I'm just excited about His Word. And, you know, He's just awesome. He's just awesome. Okay, well, that's one way to say it. But I'm telling you, when God quickens you, When revelation comes to you in the midst of a trial or in the midst of a test, I'm telling you, there's something that just makes you want to just do something. Makes you want to move. Makes you want to get out and run. Makes you want to get out and and stretch out. Now, some people are sitting there, and I'm, I'm telling you, I can hear it right now. I ain't doing that. And I'm not asking you to do it today. I'm not asking you to do it in public. All I'm telling you is how you can release this stuff. 
Because see, what's on the inside needs to get on the outside. Because the stuff, the problems are on the outside. Is that not right? The problems are on the outside. But I'm telling you, if you'll learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit when He prompts you to move, it will release and cause a chain reaction in your life that will be a catalyst that will obliterate the issues of your life. He will take care of the spiritual backing that's keeping that problem in your life. You've got to battle things in the Spirit. You can't battle them in the natural. There's no amount of money can get you out of certain things. There's nobody that you know that's going to get you out of certain things. But I'm here to tell you he's equipped you with power. But you've got to release it. So let's stand to our feet. I tell you what, there's a funkiness that has been on some people in this house. telling you. It is a nasty funk. You know, when I was going through what I went through, I wasn't a very happy person. I mean, I was serious about everything. I couldn't even enjoy myself. Come on. Some of you are going through trials in your life. You can't enjoy yourself. There's not been any recreation in your life. You're not doing anything that you enjoy to do because you think that the situation does not call for it. That's what I said. You know, I, I you know, my wife would want to go do stuff, and, and, and my mind would tell me, "Oh, you ain't got time for that. You got to have time to, you know, get into the Word. You got to be serious." And the devil will drive you that way, my friends. He'll drive you. And what was saying was reasonable to my mind. But it was taken away from the joy because the devil knows that the joy is the strength of God. So if he can diminish you from your strength, then he's got you. Oh, you can read your Bible all day long. You can pray all hours of the day. But if he's got your strength, oh, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. If he's got your strength, he's got you. And so what we need to do is, yeah, we need to continue in the Word. We need to continue, you know, worshiping and, and, and praising God. We need to, but we need to yield to joy. We need to yield and re- rejoice. We need to rejoy. Come on now. We need to rejoy. Some of you need to rejoy. Hello. Some of you have lost loved ones, lost people that you love dearly. I saw the post. You've got a brother that, that, that you've lost. But you know what? God didn't leave you without an answer. He didn't leave you without strength, sister. He didn't leave you without it. we got to rejoice. we just got to rejoice. That doesn't mean it's going to replace. It doesn't mean it's going to replace. But we just got to rejoice. we just got to rejoice. We just got to say, you know what? I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. And I don't feel like dancing. I don't feel like shouting. But praise God, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen? Hallelujah. Many trials. Pressure. Constant. 24-7. Pressure, 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 pressure. But praise God. Rejoice. 
Rejoice, rejoice in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Begin to rejoice. Begin to rejoice. He's going to fill you. He's going to fill you. Hallelujah. He's going to fill you. Glory to God. Rejoice. 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 Hallelujah. Rejoice. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, Johnny. Come on. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. connected to the connectors. Let God begin to just cause you to overcome with overcoming joy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just need to laugh. Well, I don't feel like laughing, Pastor. Well, sometimes you just got to do it by faith. Amen. When it doesn't look like it's working, just ha, 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 You think you're going to stop me? You think you're going to keep me from going forward? You think you're going to kill me? You think you're going to steal from me? You think you're going to lie to me? Oh, ha, 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 ha. Oh, I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. You're just way too dignified. You're just way too dignified. You know, there's like clay enclosures. I see them on people in here. I'm not going to point you out. But they're clay enclosures. It's like this big old heavy clays on people's shoulders you know it's weighing them down you don't really you don't realize see when you get into rejoicing it'll make your life lighter 
there's been many times that I've prayed over people and the Lord would have me just begin to hit their body because there's just this atrophy that comes with care and this just junk, you know? And that's what's happening. See, these are joy robbers. And they're energized by our thought life. See, when we think on just the negative and just everything that's coming against us, it just causes us to get confined, restricted. But see, you were meant to be animated. You're meant to approach problems with boldness, not to be restricted and to take it and to let him continue to build and build and build and build. And there's years of it that have been built up in people's lives. Just consistent years and years and years. And some of you have been in the iron furnace. And that iron furnace is hot. And you've been under oppression for a long, long time. Amen? That stuff is caked on you and baked on you. It is just restricting you. It's keeping you from experiencing joy and happiness. You can't enjoy the people in your life. You can't enjoy what you have. Thankfulness is right out the window. We're really not thankful. We're just, you know... We're, I guess we're glad we're breathing. But the truth of the matter is, is that you were meant to live from the inside out. You were never supposed to live from the outside in. What's on the outside of you should never dictate what's on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And those burdens are going to lift off of your life. And you're got, that seriousness is going to leave. And, and your wife's going to see a brand new man. A brand new man. Amen. There's going to be just great joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yes, yes. Hallelujah. All the hurt. I just, just getting, getting the hurt off of you. Getting, getting that stuff off of you. Hallelujah. I'm not molesting you. I'm just, come on, just, just getting this stuff off of you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's dust all over. There's dust all over there. I see it in the realm of the Spirit. I see it. This stuff that's just caked up on you. You know, people have lied to you. They've lied to you and they've hurt you and they've, they've said things that just have caused you to just retreat. Retreat. But no, it's time to step forward. It's time to step forward. I guess what I want you to do, just step forward right now. That's a sign to the enemy. I'm stepping forward. Amen? That's a sign. I'm not going to be dominated anymore. I'm going to dominate because I have the dominator on the inside of me. Amen? Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Break it off right now in the name of Jesus. Break it off right now in Jesus' name. Oh, the enemy has sought to encapsulate both of you. And to keep you in a confining quarter to where you're unable to access what you're called to do and what God has called you both to do. 
But the Lord says those days are over. Those days are over. Those days are over in the name of Jesus. And the door is open. Walk through, saith the Lord. Walk through and be free forevermore, saith the Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Melissa, put your hand on her stomach right now in Jesus' name. Release, 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 release in Jesus' name. Release, release right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. we got a couple of free people right here. Amen. Hallelujah. What about you? What about you? What about you? Hallelujah. Now, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, you lifting your hands and stuff like that, and that, that's wonderful. But I'm telling you, uh, you won't shake that stuff off of you. You're going you're gonna to have to do something more. Now, listen, I'm not just doing this so that I can make you do it and we can all have a good laugh. I'm not doing that. God, guys, please. I just know people are bound in this house. I know people are bound in this house, and you don't need to be. I said you don't need to be. I said you don't need to be. Hallelujah. Jesus is our example. If he twirled about and jumped, then we need to twirl about and jump. If he shouted, we need to shout. Hello. There's strength that comes from this because it's the release of joy and the release of joy is the release of strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The Lord is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Well, where does that strength come from? It comes from joy. It comes from a realization of the grace of God towards me. That God loves me. That God has a plan for me. That God cares about my situation. Amen? Amen? So as we begin to sing, it, it's, it's a song that gives glory to God, and that's wonderful. Begin to do it. But as you're prompted by the Spirit, I don't want you playing. I don't want you doing it just because pastor's looking at me. I want you to just rejoice. In the Lord, break that stuff off of you. See, I'm not going to be here to break stuff off of you. But the Holy Spirit's always there. Amen? Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. You don't have to be bound. No more shackles. No more chains. No more bondage. I am free. Hallelujah, Lord. You can come up here. We got plenty of room. Hallelujah, Lord. No more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Thank you, Lord. Are you free today? Are you free? I said, are you free? No more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 
Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Come on now. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Peter. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that uh, hallelujah. Oh, my. There's ideas. Godly ideas that will create great provision. They're in the house. And they're in the people in this house. There's things you've been wrestling with in your business. You're wondering how in the world we're going to go to the next level. How in the world are we going to take this to where we can see more provision? And uh, I, t- I tell you, there's, and I'll just tell you a story. There was a time in which, you know, we weren't doing very well when we first started the church. And I was praying in the auditorium. It was the old auditorium. And uh, many times, in those times, the Lord would say, Will you dance? Will you shout? Will you jump? I didn't feel like jumping. I didn't feel like dancing. I didn't feel like singing. I didn't feel like anything. But, you know, Trevor, he, he knew exactly where we were going by the Spirit of God. He said, With joy. Will you draw waters out of the wells of salvation? So it isn't just one well on the inside of you. There's multiple wells. And what does a well represent? Well represents a supply line, represents an ability to tap into an already flowing river. Jesus said in John chapter 7, he says, Out of his belly, those that will believe on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers, 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 not river, rivers of living water. And this he spake of the Spirit of God that had not yet come because Jesus was not yet glorified. I'm here to tell you Jesus has been glorified. The Holy Spirit is here. And many of you are filled with his Spirit and you have those rivers on the inside of you. But you know, rivers, when they've got the force and the strength and the power in which Jesus indicated, they move Oh, you're not getting what I'm saying. You're not getting what I'm saying. They move. They move. Now, I'm not telling you to come and do acrobat, you know, or do break dancing or whatever you want to do. I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm saying to move. I'm saying move. 
There's something right now that's battling your mind that says, I'm not moving. And that is not God. You need to take take you need to take that very seriously. That's not God. That's not God. You need to stop worrying. Here, here's one of the major ways that joy is kept in your life is worrying about what other people think. You're in a prison. But I'm here to tell you, you can break out today. Now, I'm not talking about a prison of sin. I'm not talking about prison that Jesus broke. But you know, life can sometimes confine us. When we have disappointment, when we have hurt, when we've got offense, when we've got things of that nature. Listen, I'm I'm not going to keep you much longer, so don't worry about it. Steer in, still be open. That's another thing that will keep joy from happening in your life is eating at steer in. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Amen. There is a suppression. That's what the Lord told me today. There's a suppression. There's something that's keeping bottled down. You can feel it. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? You you can feel it. You can feel it. You, You know it's there. You know, you, you know, you have thoughts like, man, I, I think I can overcome this. I, I think that we can make it. I think we can. There's something on the inside of you that's giving you that hope. It's giving you that hope. But praise God, you've got to translate that hope into faith. And it means that we have to sometimes put ourselves in a position to where we have corresponding action to what we believe. So if I believe I've got the victory, then I act. If I believe I've won, I act like I won. There's not one person in here, if you drain the last three in a title game, that would go... No... You would be jumping and leaping. You'd be shouting and lifting your fist. You'd be exuberant with your worship. I'm just here to tell you, you've won. You've won. And guess what? You didn't have to shoot the basket. Jesus shot the basket for you. And when Jesus shot it, you shot it. Come on now. He gave that to you. So the victory is yours. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Jesus conquered the devil. Jesus conquered sickness and disease. Jesus conquered, come on now, poverty and lack. Jesus won it all. And he's transferred his winnings to you. As if you did it. Joy comes from a revelation of of grace. It comes from a revelation of that fact. The just for the unjust. The sick for the healed. The curse for the blessed. Jesus took your place. 
So I'm telling you, if you pass this, I'll let you go. But we're going to sing that song one more time. No more chains. No more nothing. And I, if you want to come down here, you can come down here. If you want to take off, you can take off. If you want to jump, jump. If you just want to lift your hands, some of you, it's a big, big deal to lift your hands. I know how that is. I know how that is. But I'm telling you, when they get up, they stay up. Some of you, it's to shout. Some of you just need to get a shout. If you realize you're one shout away from victory, you're one shout away from manifestation. Come on now. So we're going to do that in just for a little bit. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on. Come on now. Hallelujah. Sing no more shackles and no more yeah. chains. No more bondage. I am free.
greatly to be praised. The true test is not when the music's playing. It's not when you're surrounded by your brothers and sisters who are doing the same thing that you're doing. But when you find yourself in the dark moment of the soul, when you find yourself with a bad report, when you find yourself with something that is opposing you, something that is resisting you, you can either sit down and get the chunky chocolate chip and just pull the shades. You can binge watch Netflix until you're blue in the face. You can do all the things that you secure yourself to try to make yourself feel better. You can go to the wine cabinet. You can go to the liquor store. You can go to the dealer. You can go wherever you think you want. But the true test is this. is that I don't need any of that. I don't need Netflix. I don't need chunky chocolate chip. I don't need drugs. I don't need alcohol. Because greater is he that's in me. I know. I know I might be feeling low right now. I know I might be feeling depression right now. I know that it may seem like life has just just, just passed me by and that it's over. It's over. It's over. But there's something on the inside of me. There's a rejoicing and joy of inexpressible and full of glory. There's a weight on the inside of me that is greater than the weight that's trying to come on me. I've got something bigger on the inside of me than the depression that's trying to overtake me. I've got something bigger than the problem that's trying to assail me. I have something bigger, and i got to make a choice. Am I going to sit here and wallow in the mire? Why sit here till we die, the leper said. He said, let's go out and do something, and they began to move. There's been times in which I'd take my blood pressure and I'd sit there and I'd get depressed because the numbers were so bad. And so I decided, and my my, my number one reaction was to just go get in the bed and curl up and secure myself by feeling sorry for myself and for my situation. But the Lord would speak to me as I would try to pull those covers up and over me and try to find something to watch to get my mind off the situation. And the Lord would say, Get up! Get up and go do something. Get up and live your life. Get up and act like you're healed. Get up and do what you're called to do. Stop letting the devil get you to be in bed and wrap yourself up in covers, protecting yourself from the world. Let's stand up and let the greater one begin to manifest in our lives. Hallelujah. That means you get up out of that bed, you dance, you sing, you do what you need to do. The Bible says that Samson, when strength would come upon him, he would shake himself. That's how it came upon him. He'd shake himself. Sometimes you need to shake yourself. When you got that nasty, stinking thinking that you're not going to make it, that nothing's going to happen, you just shake yourself. You take yourself by the nap of the neck and say, you are not going to think that way. You are not going to be that way. What are you doing? You're releasing the inexpressible full of glory, power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not meant just to change your circumstances. It's meant to change you. 
because the more I yield, the more Christ-like I become. Come on now. The more like Christ I become. And in the same hour, Jesus rejoiced. Come on now. You've got to learn to rejoice. You've got to rejoy. You've got to refire. You've got to refuel. The power's there. You just got to connect your soul. David said, why are you downcast, O my soul? He spoke to himself. He spoke to his mind. He said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Hope in God. He's directing his soul to connect with the life that he is around and in. What was Jesus doing? He was connecting with his father by twirling about and jumping and shouting unto God. Listen, I'm telling you, it will do wonders for you to stop watching Richard Simmons and sweating to the oldies and begin to worship God in the privacy of your life and connect with the life of God. People will say, man, something's changed about you. Something's different about you, brother, sister. Now, I'm here to tell you, I'm kind of disappointed in my youth over here because we used to follow you. We used to look at you and say, oh, I wish we could be like them. But I didn't see very many of them. And if anybody needs to learn this, it's the young people. Hello. Come on now. So we're going to sing one more time. One more time, just just for a couple minutes. We're going to get after it right now. Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Come on. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off.
Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or you need to be filled with the Spirit of God, we're going to have our ministers that are going to be up here. As I close the service, you're welcome to come up here. Don't walk out the same way you came in. God has something good for you. Amen. Hallelujah. So this week, you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested. So learn the lesson. Learn the lesson. When the enemy rears his ugly head and begins to tell you how sorry you are, you begin to lift your hands to the Lord and thank him for his grace and mercy that has made you a new creation and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Begin to speak to him who you are in Christ. Begin to praise God. Praise God. He will flee from you as you resist him. No enemy likes to sit and watch the person they're trying to intimidate dance and sing. While they're trying to push them over. It irritates the fire out of them and they leave. He has no power over you. Don't give him authority. Don't give him any authority. Through bad attitudes, bad words, stinking thinking, yield to the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.